Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z, the ultimate guide for real estate investors. I'm your host, Steph Boldrini. We cover everything you need to know from finding and analyzing properties to financing and managing your investments. Tune in every week for expert insights and tips so you can make your commercial real estate investing dreams come true. And in today's episode, we are chatting about ways to decrease your taxes if you are a W-2 employee and if you are a W-2 employee married to someone that is not currently working. We will explain why later, but this is a topic that I have been meaning to share with you guys for a very long time because it's a clear path to decreasing taxes and it's somebody that I've been asking to come on the podcast for a while as well. We're chatting with Tim Gertz, CPA and partner at ProVision Wealth. We're breaking this interview down into two episodes. On the next episode, we'll be talking about ways to decrease taxes if you are a business owner and if you are a real estate professional. Here we go. Tim, I am so excited to have you here today, not only because I tried to get you like three times, but also because it's a small industry and you have great work ethics, I have heard from people. So I really appreciate that. You will do the right thing always, and that is fantastic. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Oh, yes. So um, thanks for having me, Tim Gertz, as you had said. I've been in public practice for about 22 years now, probably a little bit over than that. I'm always working in a niche, um, working with entrepreneurs and high net worth individuals. So my entire career has been focused around proactive planning around that niche market, primarily looking at alternative investments, whether it's oil, gas, real estate has been a huge area of concentration for me, Um, but really working with people that want to control their own destiny. So people that are not looking to just have a W-2 job put into a 401k and, you know, work until they can retire. We're looking for people that really are trying to make a difference in what they're doing so that they can build or generate their own wealth as efficiently as they want to. That's awesome. I'm so excited to have you here because tax can be extremely confusing and we all want to reduce our taxes. And there are many different ways to go about it or invest in different things. So I thought it would be a great idea for us to break it down into different scenarios, starting with W-2 employees that are Mm -hmm. high earners and that are not married. Which is, and we'll which get is, into the why they're married later on when we did the, the married example. Exactly. A lot of people say, what's, what's the best tax planning advice for, you know, someone that's single and a high W-2, you know, earner. And it, the joke is get married. Um, <laughs> but ultimately you are, you know, the tax laws and incentivize, you know, incentivizes you to do things. And ultimately what it's trying to do is incentivize people to grow industry, to create products, to create revenue, create workforce that can ultimately be taxed. So unfortunately, as a W-2 employee, you are in this little box where your opportunities are very minimal. Um, But there are still some opportunities, things to look at, you know, oil and gas investing. If if, If that's the right investment for you, oil and gas could be very advantageous from a tax perspective because 
it is outside of the material participation rules of the passive activity loss rules. So you can invest in a oil and gas fund and have no involvement in it and be able to offset W-2 income with that investment. It's one of the few carve outs in code section 469 that gives us that opportunity. Another thing to look at to be aware of is there's a huge benefit now with the Inflation Reduction Act that was passed in August. It bumped up tax credits for energy efficiency. It reinstated the 30% tax credit for solar on residential properties. It, it increased the tax credits for vehicles, um, used vehicles, various energy efficient systems, whether it's HVAC, heat pumps, things of that nature. So those are definitely things that you can look at to ultimately offset taxable income or tax on W-2 taxable income. Additionally, other little things that you can do, again, W-2 employees really don't have a lot of opportunity. One of the other opportunities, if you are a individual that does itemized deductions, an opportunity might be what they call deduction stacking, especially with charitable contributions. So if, you're, if you give $10,000 every year, well, maybe instead of giving $10,000 every year, you give 20,000 this year, nothing the next year, 20,000 the next year, and you flip-flop between itemized and standard deductions. So that would be another opportunity. Um, you know, it's something that you can look at and see if it makes sense for you. Outside of that, there really isn't much you can do as a W-2 employee, unfortunately. Can they take advantage of depreciation if they invest in real estate? They would have to be active in that. So if they have a full-time W-2 job, chances are they'll never be a real estate professional, which would give them the opportunity to take depreciation on real estate. So I think that's really important to clarify because a lot of people don't realize that they cannot take advantage of depreciation when they're investing in a syndication, for example, that they're passive mm -hmm. or that they're not a full-time real estate professional. It's really worth highlighting yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, so there's different buckets of income. So there's three real main buckets of income. There's active income, passive income, and portfolio income. Active income is W-2 income, is retirement income, things of that nature. Passive income is just like you said, investing in as an LP in a real estate deal or investing in someone's car wash and you're passive in that car wash. And then portfolio income is really interest, dividends, capital gains from equities, things of that nature. They don't offset each other. So if you invest in real estate as a passive investor and you have a huge passive loss, you can offset other passive income, but you can't offset ordinary income with that. So they just don't, they don't commingle with each other. And so that's something to be very aware of as a W-2 employee. You will get a passive loss, but that passive loss will not be able to offset your W-2 income because it's in a different bucket. So can it offset that investment once the property is sold? At that it, definitely, it definitely can. And it can be utilized to offset other passive gains. So in a year when you have a property that sells, you invest in another investment that has losses from depreciation. The two can offset each other because they're in that same bucket. That makes sense. Now let's move on to the example of W-2 employee with a spouse that does not work 
And the reason that we're saying the spouse doesn't work is because if both of them have a W-2 job, they would fall under the first example. So in this example, one person has a W-2 job and their spouse does not work. What are the options there? So ultimately, you know, that opens up a huge opportunity. You know, there's different things that you can utilize the spouse for if the spouse wants to be involved in activities, you know, looking at what is it that they want to do? And, you know, it, do they want to open a business? Do they want to operate a business? Do they want to invest in real estate and become a real estate professional? But ultimately, one of the nice things about being married is that your income is combined and your income and losses are combined. So if you've got an individual that's a W-2 high, high net worth or high wage earner, and then you have another individual spouse that is, let's say, a real estate professional, and they invest in real estate that throws off half a million dollars of losses every year. Well, now because they are active in real estate, that loss is active. So if we go back to the discussion we had a couple minutes ago, well, now we've got an active loss and we've got active income from W-2 that can marry each other and they will offset each other. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a lot of times when people talk about this, it's always about real estate professional because that was the industry. That's where a lot of people are investing in, but it could be any activity. It can be any business that someone materially participates. So a lot of times I talk to people about, you know, coin laundry, things of that nature, stuff that is highly capital intensive, that has a lot of equipment on the, on the, you know, on the upfront that can be depreciated, that can create a loss that will ultimately create an active loss if they're active in it and materially participate in that activity that'll offset the W-2 income. Well, first let's explain the definition of a real estate professional, if you don't mind. Definitely. There's a code section, everyone talks about it. It's, it's code section 469. It's the passive activity loss rules. That came out of the 1986 tax act. And what it did, is it ultimately said that if you don't materially participate in an activity, you're passive. And in that, they also lumped rental real estate into a category of being inherently passive no matter what. So now we've got this problem. We've got rental real estate that is passive no matter what. Well, in that tax code, they, they created a carve out and they said, hey, if you hit these tests, then we're going to allow you to treat that rental real estate as a business. And if you materially participate in that business, then it will be active. And so in order to be a real estate professional for tax, you have to hit two things. You have to hit 750 hours in re rental real estate related activities. So ultimately that's anything dealing with real estate um, that can be investing, managing, developing, construction, all of those will give you an hour of work that can add to that 750 hours. So once you hit that hurdle, you hit 750 hours or more in rental real estate related activities, you've hit step one. You hit 750 hours. The next test is you have to do that more than any other income producing activity. So ultimately you've got a thousand hours in real estate related activities, great. If you're a full-time W-2 and you're working 2,000 hours, well, now you're doing that more than you're doing real estate. So yes, you hit the 750, but you didn't hit the second test. So that's really important to know. And so if you've got 750 and you do real estate-related activity more than any other 
income producing activities. Well, now in tax speak, you are a real estate professional. And what that really does is it just says, okay, now this activity is a trader business. And so now we got to look at the trader business and see if you materially participated in it. In most cases, if you're spending that much time, you've materially participated. And now that real real estate, that rental real estate becomes an active trader business. And that includes brokers as well, correct? Yes. And yes. real estate agents. It only the only thing it doesn't include is loan, loan brokers, loan originators, things of that okay. age industry. Okay, awesome. It's really important for people to look at the numbers. Let's say the husband makes $2 million a year and the wife also has a W-2 job. She makes 200K a year. It's a clear thing that she should move to real, becoming a real estate professional, right? That's pretty obvious. You should look at the math. Yeah, definitely. In regards if to the taxes that yeah, the husband has to pay. Exactly. And, and, and ultimately, a lot of times people are on the fence. So someone is working simply because they think they have to work. And if you run those numbers, and I do that a lot with my client base, is looking at that exact same scenario and saying, does your spouse really like what they're doing? Do they want to do something else? Are they interested in this? Well, yes, they make $100,000 a year. But if we were able to get them into something that they enjoyed doing and they were able to give you a $600,000 loss, that would be more than they're earning on an annual basis and they'd probably be happier. And that's the most important thing is to be happy. So definitely. For sure. We will continue this interview next week and we will cover how to reduce taxes for business owners as well as real estate professionals. Tim is also going to be at our conference at the end of the year that we're planning on October 20th. So make sure to subscribe to our newsletter at monticarlorei.com on top of the page. We'll be sending the conference details to all of our subscribers. I really look forward to meeting all of you guys in person in October and I will see you next time.